Welcome to Revenue Champions, I'm Alice. And I'm John. We interview leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs in the B2B space. Giving you the inside tips, tricks, and hacks for you to grow and scale your B2B business today. Welcome to Revenue Champions, episode 14. Today I'm joined by Ben Rell, author of Pillars of an Elite Sales Career. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, John. Thanks for, thanks for having me here. And uh, well, of course, thanks to the audience for, for listening in. Great to be here. Good, good to have you, Ben. Um, so, Ben, I suppose to kick things off, it would be really good for those listeners who don't know who you are. Maybe if you can give a quick introduction to yourself. Yeah, sure. No problem. So, um, I've been in sales for the best part of 10 years. Uh, nearly all of that has been in um, software sales. Really worked my way up from SMB, cold calling. Uh, started some commission-only roles, uh, fun ways to start your career. Uh, worked my way up to companies like uh, Salesforce, um, selling the customer experience platform there. Um, went on to do my own startup, which was a consulting firm for VC-backed tech startups, which is where I also wrote, wrote my book, which I'm sure we'll get into the details of how that happened. And I'm now uh, an enterprise salesperson at Adobe, again, the customer experience place. Great then. I think, yeah, you literally hit the nail on the head. I think um, it'll be great today to delve into um, a bit of details about, about your recent book, like the pillars of an elite sales career and the most exciting part of how to build a six-figure sales career in tech. So can you just give everyone just a brief understanding or a brief summary of the book what kind of the learnings are from from that book that you put out yeah sure no problem so where the book came from is uh it was a crazy idea for me at the time and probably still today <laughs> uh was that well from what i just shared about my story is when i began my sales career i saw everyone from those that could barely afford to pay rent and those who incredibly well um from my early days at a b2b startup a B2B web analytics startup, so a company like Salesforce, where I met some of the very best in the industry, and I saw that disparity between the two. Um, I was was led to believe that to be a good salesperson is about having the best sales skills and being the sales, best salesperson. But when I met some of these really successful people, the most successful people I'd met at that time, uh, it was a lot more than just that. Um, I realized it was how people built and structured their careers more so than just sales skills is important but it's just one component so what the book is about is is focusing in on this i felt all sales books do a good job at focus the methodology but not how to build your career i thought it was a gap um, i sat on that idea for quite a while i thought there's no way i'm going to write a book that's crazy um, then um, that crazy idea came forward. <laughs> so I interviewed uh, 50 um, very successful salespeople all across the world um, to validate my hypothesis, my theory, and they all did. So the book is for those that uh, want to get the very most from a sales career of focusing in and want to have a, a structured way of building your career that they can own uh, that's proven by so many more. Cool. And Ben, you said there that you had this hypothesis. Just in terms of what you expected, was it was there any shocks that you found that you didn't expect or anything that, yeah, that was kind of out of the ordinary that was like, wow, that's that's really, really important. Every single person seems to have that, that trait or characteristic. A, a few a few little things. The thing I was most surprised about was everyone. It was validated by 100 percent of those people I interviewed. Uh, so pleasantly surprised, I think it's the right word. Um, but that was really interesting. Um, there was a few little things from the data. That was quite interesting is what I found is that the fastest route to become an elite, by the way, elite salesperson, I categorize as an income, 100K pounds. It was just, it was just a, something we can all black and white, right? So that, that's what that is. Um, what I found is that the fastest route to this was 
those that left university, uh, they didn't go into sales as the first job. They went into something that could arguably be consulting or along those lines. Then from that profession, they went into sales. And almost all those people I interviewed within the first 18 months to two years, they became a lead salesperson. So that was really interesting about these different paths in and how people um, could do that and bring in that different experience. So that stood out to me. And I think other than that, to be honest with you, it's just the stories. The stories are just amazing, right? Listening to um, meeting like 50 really interesting people and hearing how they did it and what worked for them. That was just really quite interesting. And sorry, one last thing I would add to that, uh, which was interesting to me, is that when you build the pillars of an elite sales career, um, everyone in sales always talks about being authentic, right? Be your authentic self. But what does that really mean? It's really hard to, I think, pinpoint that. Um, throughout this project, I felt like I uncovered a really good explanation, which is as you build the pillars uh, and you build your success, they're naturally going to build differently, depending on who you are and what your skill set is and where your career takes you. Uh, and that leads to a fantasy because you are going to be uniquely different in that way um, and how you put yourself into it. So that was a really interesting insight for me, I found. That's great. I'm, I'm sure you got some really interesting information chatting to the, those people and people die probably to chat to in one of them. So yeah, exceptional. And ben, just in terms of the, rather than getting, it's going to the meat a little bit, just in terms of the five pillars uh, that you found, do you mind going into a little bit of detail on what the five pillars are and what each one actually encompasses? Yeah, sure. No problem. So uh, I'll do this quickly because I wrote a whole book on the subject. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so Sure. So there's there's five pillars and there are supporting behaviours around these pillars. Um, what I say about fantasy and how you build the pillars, I think is an underlying point. So, yeah, the meat of it is number one is what I call being the heart of the action. Uh, what that means is being where the innovation, uh, the investment, uh, that uh, momentum is happening in the market. So if you think of everything around, uh, well, great example in recent times uh, all big solutions have moved towards uh, ml and ai the core of them and that's created huge growth opportunities into that upside from it so being at the heart of the action is being there rather than i don't know selling um mainframes don't get me wrong that still happens but uh, it's gonna be a lot harder right <laughs> going to an it director than, than something related to this ilk uh, so that's part of the action um Two is being an expert. Uh, what I found is you can't just be a, a good salesperson. You need to, these days, buyers have so much information and they can re research so much more. They're looking for someone to guide them. So you need to be that person and bring yourself to arguably that consultant level, if you like, in the sales process. So uh, being an expert is number two. Number three is, I mean, you are a salesperson, right? So you need to learn how to be a salesperson. And there are skills, there are methodologies that are really important in how we do our job. So being a student of sales is number three. Um, number four is career ownership. Um, unlike other career paths, sales is it's really not a straight line. And it's really not as structured as other careers might be. So to get ahead, it's 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 on us, right? You might work. We might work at a good company where there's good promotion opportunities or not, um, which we should absolutely take advantage of. But overall, your overall career is it's on us. You need to take responsibility. Um, and five is is mentorship. Um, and the reason 
mm-hmm. one is because mentorship is actually weaved in throughout all of the pillars, how you ask people for things and advice, etc. I think the biggest confusion around mentorship is certainly for me when um, I've been building my career, it's you've got to find someone that's going to help you with everything, checking with them on a once a month or wherever in a really formal structure, which is really quite hard to do. How do you find that person? How do you do this? And to be honest, you have the confidence to ask them to do that for you. I think people struggle. But when you break it down to its purest form, I think mentorship is simply the act of asking someone more experience than you on how to do something big or small. And so just don't overcomplicate it, I think, is the key thing of mentorship. That's great, right? I mean, you, you can get all of them done. You're going to be on a, a great path to success. And I've got one question, Ben, just in terms of like, I know we've had a prior discussion to this, but looking at the um, the expert element, um, make sure you're an expert in the field. Do you tend to see that a lot of these successful people tend to stay in the same kind of segment and verticals or um, do they tend to diversify, go into a new new segment, like for people looking to move into to new jobs, like where's that expertise stage you tend to see a lot of the successful people um yeah the successful people stay in the same field or do they tend to jump into a new heat of the action that, that's a, that's a really really great question um and i uncovered two primary ways that people do that um and the answer is people typically do stay in in their field but if you're in the heart of the action your field isn't stagnant it's always developing and growing right so arguably is always moving forwards and there's two places uh i found uh the most successful did this and it's, it's certainly a maturity thing that happens as you can imagine because it takes experience to build it is one is vertical so for example uh, i met some really incredible people in public sector sales um one person i met um, brendan uh, he had been selling to the police force for for many many years and built incredibly successful um, organisations um, because he had focused in the sector. Amazing contacts, doing doing uh, doing some great work there. So that really helped him to develop. I've met people in health and life sciences. Again, it's it's a more complicated sector for those on the outside. So when you're in there, I found a lot of people stayed there, focused, huge accounts, huge opportunity. But that also has its downside and done very well there. And some people more generalist on their industries and their focus might be more on the technology. So, for example, customer experience technology, that's transformed our world and continues to. The pandemic has only accelerated that. Um, That's a huge area of focus. But you might have people on DevOps and different areas. So what I found is that those that go on to achieve the high level of success, they really do focus in on either one or both and sometimes it's both and if you think about that from an employer's perspective and you've got your more strategic accounts um they want people with that expertise to go on there so and that of course comes with high rewards uh, so i found that's the, the way it's kind of played out i think few people i'm there uh that went along this path jumped from industry to industry to product to product sure. they focused in so what have you done, Ben? Have you now you've obviously joined Adobe? Is that the kind of path that you're taking now? Are you staying in that kind of space, or yeah, what's been for you personally? How have you navigated the pillars and adopted the pillars? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, customer experience, digital marketing tech had been where I started. I mean, I started selling uh, websites for commission only as one of the places I started my sales career, just because I thought that's the way the world was going to go. Um, 
good insight. Maybe I could have done more of it, but uh, there we go. <laughs> and then I went to B2B Web Analytics, um, which again was um, was a good step up. There's a lot I learned within this, uh, which is a great um, way for me to get into a company like Salesforce and Salesforce Marketing Cloud, which is all about the, well, Salesforce Marketing Cloud is all about the customer experience technology. Uh, and again, that seriously stepped up my knowledge and where I went from on there. Um, my consulting firm, which I had, I did really focus on technologies on this and the AI element because customer experience technologies really moved towards um, the, the AI component of, component of it, of how recommendations happen, how you split your data, uh, content, etc. Uh, so that was really quite interesting, but kind of different objective. From that point, um, I went to go back into customer experience technology. Um, but I'll be honest, um, the pandemic hit. And I, I, I did everything the pillars taught me, <laughs> right? Building my career plan of what I was going to do. And I spent a good month on it. And then the pandemic hit. And um, literally all, all of these companies I was prospecting to, uh, the doors had closed. Uh, so um, I, I went to a fintech company, which was um, good experience. Um, I've done a little bit in fintech, but um, I was by no means an expert in, in that situation. Um, and for me, I was looking for the opportunity to get back to customer experience technology. So Adobe was always one of those top ones on my list. So very, very happy to be there. So yeah, this, this is me, customer experience technology. I can't see myself moving anytime soon. So yeah, definitely focusing on that one. Cool. I'll say, so... I, I'm, I just want to stay on this expert um, thing to begin with. Like, if we if we discuss that, just in terms of the like time frame, like how long did, how long have you seen that it takes to actually become an expert in a particular field? Like, is there a set time frame that is pretty normal, or is it more just based on yeah, pro- maybe even progressing through from SMB to enterprise sales and becoming an expert across the different the different like sell cycles? Um, what what have you seen? It, take, it's, uh, it takes a long time to learn, as you can imagine, but it, it depends on how you accelerate your learning. Um, so if you find yourself in a, a point solution vendor um, and maybe you don't have greater exposure to the wider ecosystem of the thing it is that you do, um, it's going to take longer to do that. And it's not that that's a bad move. Sometimes that's quite a smart move, actually, because you can really focus in on one thing, get good, get great sales skills, develop close, make some good wins, right? But in terms of that expertise, it does take longer um, and you can become just focused on this one thing. Uh, to branch it out and broaden it out, I think the greater exposure you have to the ecosystem with partners, um, good accounts, good technology, um, it accelerates the path. So the, I think the answer to your question is, is no real hard and fast answer because it depends on your environment. Um, let's say you're in um, that great environment where there's tons of enablement and ways for you to learn. Um, you can become pretty comfortable within the, within a year, like comfortable. But in terms of, I would say, really being an expert and having stories and expertise and knowledge and depth of knowledge, um, people spend a lifetime doing this. But um, I think two or three years I've seen people get themselves to a level where they can truly add um, value to those conversations at sea level. And that, that's the difference too. It's like, is it at sea level or is it mid-management level where you add that value? So there is a, a number of uh, factors, I think, to think about that. But hopefully that kind of gives you some kind of insight on it. Cool, perfect. And if we're looking at the pillars individually, do you think there's any ones that have more importance than any of the others? 
Um, and if someone wanted to start today, where would you say like, oh, you should focus on this particular pillar to begin with, or do they all intertwine with each other? They certainly do all intertwine with each other. Um, this is one of the interesting things that came from data too, actually, that uh, what I was looking at was how the data is, okay, so how do you get there the fastest? That's what people care about. How do you get there the fastest and as much you can, as fast as you can? Like we're salespeople, right? Let's let's just be honest about it. <laughs> um, so the ones that stood out the most actually is number one, being in the heart of the action. Because think about it, like if you're in a hot, buzzy market and you're an, an okay salesperson or just about okay, you can probably still do all right, probably. Um, if your company holds out for you long enough. <laughs> but if you're, if you're a really good salesperson in that environment, life can get really interesting really quickly. So I think, and this environment of so much happening accelerates our learning and our knowledge. So I think that is a really key one. Um, and in addition to that, uh, what I found is, uh, well, mentorship is, is absolutely key. It, it feeds into to all of this one. Um, but the expertise is also quite interesting too. In, in how people do that and develop it and focus in because it can be is it harder to learn the sales skills maybe there can be more people to support you in this one I'm, I'm not sure really but um i found that those were the ones that to move forward faster i think had a bigger impact um, but if you haven't built your sales skills you're gonna find it really tough if you haven't built your career ownership you're gonna hit stagnation in, in your career path so um that's that's what i've done there okay and for people that are in organizations at the moment who haven't potentially got a mentor um where would you say the best best place to lean on to actually find mentorship is it internally in the organization did you see these elite sellers was it very much internal based they were getting the mentorship or is it more external um where, where did you see or is it a combination of both um definitely a combination of both um, I think internal is the best place to start. It's the easiest place to start. Uh, it's the most relatable to what it is you can do. And maybe you're focusing in on certain things you want to develop and learn. Um, it's just an easier place to start. Um, but it does depend on if you think about somebody's level of knowledge and maturity and position. When I say position in the organisation, I don't mean job role. I just mean kind of their status, if you like, in that organisation. So they're, they're going to, where you are on that journey, you're going to have different value of internal mentors. So you're at the beginning, it's everything. Like right now, I've only just joined a job recently. My mentors, I'm getting there, are all internal. There's so much I have to learn, right? It's all internal. But I think if you fast forward that path into a year or more, um, it makes more sense trying to get an outside perspective. If you can, because it's looking at your world differently. How do you approach this account? That perspective might be interesting elsewhere. Really good advice. I imagine it is to begin with, isn't it? Very internal focus, build up your expertise. And then, yes, it's a great insight then. Um, so if we just focus, like I know majority of listeners are probably focusing on uh, earning the 100K, 100K figure. So for anyone who's relatively new in sales, like what, what time frame would you put on yourself as um, in your first year of sales to actually start achieving those kind of, that kind of money <laughs> to begin with? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think when I began, I was like, that would just be the most insane thing in the world, <laughs> to, to be honest. But then, and uh, where the people I'd started my career around, it's it, the company I was in, people weren't doing that, right? So it's this kind of whole other new world to get into. How soon to do it? I think the average is 
it's in my book, I should know this, um, but it's like 3.5 years to four years. Is it's around four years? No, it's four, four to four, four, four 4.5 years. Sorry, like it, it's around that is, is near enough the average to do it within sales growth. Wow, relatively quick. And like one thing that I know we discussed on this before. But... As well, John, um, it's also getting much faster. I yeah, get I imagine, absolutely. It's not just because of inflation, etc. It, it's getting fast, and I think that's predominantly because of tech sales. Mm, for sure. The amount of money being pumped into all the companies raising at the moment, I'm sure this week it was outreach, wasn't it, that raised, how much did they raise, like 100 million, was it, they raised or something? It was. It's crazy at the moment, the money being pumped in. I'm sure that's getting translated back into the sales guys' pockets at the end of the day. Yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I suppose one question we discussed, Ben, before is just around kind of that SMB sales, enterprise sales. Would you say that's a natural progression path for people who really do want to be elite and top of their field that they have to go into enterprise at some point? Um, or did you see really exceptional people that dominated the SMB space still earn those kind of figures? Like, what, what have you seen from your experience? Yeah, so again, this isn't a straightforward question on this. And this is the problem of sales career, right? It's not a straightforward uh, question on that. So if you're starting, I I believe that it's you want as many swings as you can get. Right? So what I mean by that is as many swings throughout the, the entire sales process, from prospecting, building your value, demoing, winning, negotiating, closing, right? You want as many swings as you possibly can get that because you're going to get better and better. Um, starting an enterprise, well, one, it's been really, really difficult to do that. Um, you are unlikely to get that. You don't all that often have those closes in enterprise sales because it's a much longer sales cycle. Whereas SMB, it can be a weekly thing in terms of that. But that said, what you might find is eventually you get really good at um, SMB sales and you might start breaking into some larger deals and you want to move on up. Now, typically, those in most strategic enterprise accounts earn the most because the deals are much bigger. But that does have risk as well. Bases higher, rewards are bigger. But they earn that position. It didn't happen overnight. They earn that position most of the time. So that's kind of the difference from that earning. But is that the place where you always earn the most money? Not necessarily. To be honest, a big part is actually a company's commission structure as much as it is from closing those big deals. And some companies, you might get a fraction, tiny percent for closing, I don't know, a two to 300k deal. Other companies, you could do as much as 15 or 20%, which matters, right? Crazy money from closing a deal like that. So earning the most, it's no one reports this. So you don't really know from that perspective. But equally, what happens next? So there's an individual contributor, but maybe you want to go on into management. So do you go on to management at SMB, mid-market, enterprise? It just depends where you want to go with your career. So for example, if you don't go into management at enterprise and you get to a later part of your career where you're killing it with your sales teams in SMB and mid-market, it might be tougher for you to start managing enterprise if you haven't got that exposure, that type of thing. So I think there is, again, a number of factors on it and it's really not as straightforward. It's not. But typically, I think the higher you go in that structure, uh, the higher you go to enterprise, uh, the more likely it is you're going to earn more money. Okay. And you spoke there about like the the inside knowledge around commission structures and internal like the internal structure of an organization can determine your success. Like what what did you see from those high performers? What what were kind of the key 
key things they were looking out for when they do look to go to a new organization? Is there anything in particular that stood out? Is it more variable to base or is it um, just an example, like, like one, one thing that would definitely be something that I would look at? Yeah, for sure. So um, a lot of people had their own, their own theory on what to look for. The key things that would come, come out is market maturity. Is the market ready for this? Are companies investing? Because it's really, really tough trying to sell something where no one else is buying it. And you're trying to break, you're trying to find those early adopters. It's very much startup land, like most of the time. It's really hard. Um, so you earn less money most of the time. So um, they look for that market maturity. And a second one is, is the organization set up for my success? Do they have a good sales process? Do they have a good sales leadership, but excellent sales, not good sales leadership, excellent sales leadership? Um, uh, how are my peers performing this organization? What are the top earners making? Uh, are people delivering their number? Um, like these type of things. So market maturity and is the organization set up for my success? Um, and, and some people have other factors. You know, they might be looking like, hey, can I um, reach my next two or three or more levels of promotion? this organization um do i like the culture like that's really important for some people for me that's really important like do do i want to work here right am I, am I surrounded by intelligent people i can learn from so there's a number of factors but i think the first two in terms of market maturity and is it set up for my is this organization set up for my success and are people already doing it proof points i think those are the most common most important okay so if we look at it from a market maturity standpoint is it do you tend to see people going into organizations that are like seed seed funding or is it much later at like series A when that proof of concept and they've got that sales machine? Do, do, you, do you tend to see, or is it people go into much more established companies? Like where, where do you tend to see that? Um, I suppose it's a curve, right? Where, where are you going to get the biggest up, uptake in your career? Is it at a series A company? Is it preconceptual seed very, very early stage or is it much more, larger established enterprise like where what did you see across your um the people that you interviewed the ones that are going like this so from yeah. it's probably the later stage companies definitely um so you look at the likes of recent stories um snowflake datadog uipath these organizations exploding of growth i met quite a few of the guys and girls in these organizations uh, done very very well uh, on that path and the ones that got nailed with the stock options done even more well, right? <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, but then you, then you have um, the ones in the large that have already listed, uh, been around for a long, long time. They're just so well set up for your success, most of them at least, that it's just easier to earn in those situations. So I found uh, it, was, it was easier to identify uh, elite salespeople in these organizations. It's not to say that they're not at seed stage, series A or series B. They definitely are, and I've certainly met people like that. But it's a lot easier to be successful when an organization is more set up in, in sales, right, in sales. Very interesting. Okay. And I suppose, Ben, you obviously interviewed so many people, so I'd, be, I'd really like to know, like, what's your favorite story that you got from, from the book? Is there anything that particularly jumped out at you? Favorite story? Oh, I, uh, I don't want to make favorites here. Um, I love them all equally. But, um, <laughs> there was, so it's the hard thing, right? Was I had to, there was, there was only, there wasn't enough room in the book for everyone. Um, so I broke, broke it down to 17 stories to share in the book. 
Um, and a lot of the reasoning behind was because of this pillar. I think their story just better demonstrates this and of, of how I was trying to break it up and all built all of the pillars. So that was kind of why those went in. Some of the best stories for me were, you know, the lost stories. I loved them. Just like, how, how do people bounce back? How do people get to where they are? Like, what were those pivotal moments? Like, for me, I, I loved that. So that, that was, there were so many of them, right? So um, I think th- those were quite fun for me reading those stories. Cool. Sounds good, Ben. And what's next then, Ben? Are you going to write another book? What's the plans um, moving forward? Or are you going to settle at the moment, let, let this book take off? Or, um, yeah, what's the plans? I, I think that plan will let the book take off first because, uh, I mean, writing a book, and for those that have done it, uh, it's, you know, for well, it's a lot of work. It, it's tough. Um, truthfully, I slowed down my sales career to do this. Is one of the motivations behind uh, my business and that I did um, was so that I could focus on this book. Um, looking at my diary now uh, at Adobe, just and what it was like before when I was at Salesforce, I don't. I, there's no way I could write a book in that sort of time. Some people do write, but I, I can't see how I could do it right now. So uh, the focus right now for that it's. It's getting that out there. It's um, everyone who has read it, I um, get incredible feedback from them. I get stories almost weekly now of people that it really has helped them move forward in their career. So I know there's something really, really good there. Uh, the motivation is to get this to as many people as possible uh, to help them with their career. So that's the motivation on this front. That's great. And just out of curiosity, where can, where can people get the book then? I'm sure everyone's really pumped to start reading this. So where, where can you find it? Uh, on Amazon, so in your your respective market, uh, so whether it's .co.uk, .de, .com, .fr, or, or whatever, so your respective Amazon site, uh, you can find it there. So it's available on all of them. And anywhere I can sell it, I sell it. Uh, even uh, it's on the Indian website as well. I've actually had a few over there, but not many. <laughs> so anywhere it can be sold, it's been sold on Amazon. That's great. And yeah, Ben, thank you so much for, for your time today. Like, really appreciate it, I think. Hopefully, some people listening today are going to take their career to the next level from some of your some of your points. For me, it's, it's really helped as well. So, uh, yeah, Ben, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. No problem. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me here. And um, thanks for getting me thinking uh, on these questions as well. That was really good. Um, and just for anyone that is intrigued and does buy the book, there's one thing I'm trying so hard on. And, and you know this, John, is I'm trying to get as many reviews as possible. So if anyone does read it, those five-star reviews on Amazon make a, a whole world of difference. Uh, so I'd be very much appreciated on that and feel free to reach out um, i do respond <laughs> that's great thanks ben appreciate it Cheers,